Morning Press from Cast Iron Brains, a BrainIron.com production. Here's 11 minutes or so of news for today, Friday, January 5th, 2024. The Islamic State has claimed responsibility for the Wednesday bombings in Kerman, Iran, which killed 84 people and injured hundreds more, at a ceremony honoring the assassinated Iranian military leader, General Qasem Soleimani, who was celebrated by many as a martyr. Initial reports suggested roadside bombs detonated remotely were to blame for the blasts, but Islamic State clarified that the bombs were carried by two militants in a dual martyrdom operation, with explosive belts strapped to their bodies. Islamic State is a Sunni Muslim group, and this attack is the latest and most horrifically successful in a series of terrorist attacks against the Shiite-led and Shiite-majority Iran, including deadly incidents in 2017, 2018, and 2022, among a dozen more that Iran says it has thwarted in recent years. It's not yet clear which of Islamic State's many regional franchises completed the operation, though ISIS-K out of Afghanistan is a prime suspect. Iran has announced that it has arrested 11 suspects connected with the bombing, which probably does not bode well for those individuals. Islamic State sees Iran as one of its primary foes, as the organization has a particular focus on killing what it views as Muslim apostates. A brief editorial aside, do you think when the various martyrs get to heaven for having killed various other martyrs who were gathered in celebration of still more martyrs, there's a moment of quiet introspection? Or do they go looking for the nearest sharp object to hand? Or do they all just laugh it off and get on with enjoying eternity? Or maybe there's just nothing. Nothing else and nothing more. Maybe mortal life is an impossible gift and precious commodity that we should cherish, and death should be mourned rather than celebrated. Who can say? The United States added more than 200,000 jobs in December, and average hourly wages rose faster than expected, according to a preliminary report from the Department of Labor, leading some market analysts to conclude that the Federal Reserve Bank might not lower interest rates as early in 2024 as previously expected. Fed Chair Jerome Powell announced last month that the Fed expected to cut rates three times in 2024, but the still seemingly hot jobs market and consistently higher earnings might keep inflation from cooling as much as the Fed had expected, leading to a delay in rate cuts. The Fed, which last raised rates in July of 2023, has thus far navigated the American economy to a so-called soft landing bringing inflation down while gradually raising the cost of borrowing money, all while maintaining a strong jobs market and avoiding recession. But a downturn in 2024 is not out of the question, given that there are also a number of signs in the new data that the labor market is actually softening. The labor force fell by 676,000 people in December, the steepest decline since January of 2021. October and November jobs figures were revised slightly down, and employers have been reporting an easier time finding qualified job candidates. 
These factors, along with a whole host of socioeconomic and geopolitical variables domestically and internationally, make predicting anything about the macro economy and what the Fed will do in the near to medium term future a fool's errand, like trying to guess the weather on a day in May by sticking your arm out the window today. Economy journalism convention requires that I end this report with an emphatic shrug. Reuters is reporting that the government antitrust watchdog agency in India is investigating suspected collusion in the shipping, storage, and delivery business. International shipping giants UPS, FedEx, and DHL, along with other domestic Indian companies, are being investigated for sharing proprietary pricing and discount information with each other before deciding what to charge for services, particularly at airports in the country. The companies deny wrongdoing and say they are cooperating with regulators. The penalty for being found to have operated as a cartel could run into the hundreds of millions of dollars. In 2015, regulators in France fined 20 different shipping concerns, including FedEx and DHL, $740 million for collusion in price increases that took place between 2004 and 2010. In a study funded by the U.S. National Institutes for Health and published Friday in the journal Nature Medicine, researchers studied the health records of nearly 2 million people who were prescribed the diabetes drug Ozempic or the weight loss drug Wagovi and found that patients on those drugs were actually less likely to experience suicidal thoughts than those not taking them, a finding that should ease some concerns about the popular drugs after European regulators announced last summer that they would be looking into claims that the drugs led to increases in suicidal ideation, based on about 150 anecdotal reports. Specifically, six months out, compared with those on other non-GLP-1R agonist medications, those on the semaglitude drug for weight loss had a 73% lower risk of experiencing suicidal ideation for the first time, and a 56% lower risk of recurrent suicidal thoughts. The authors have no affiliation or conflicts with these drugs' maker, Novo Nordisk, which had no role in the study. Though the dataset was quite large, this was still an observational study, and so cannot prove cause and effect, meaning that, as ever, dictated by Scientific Research Journalism Convention, I must end this report by acknowledging that we don't actually know anything, and more research is needed. According to a story from the Associated Press in Beijing, a Chinese man who won a Chinese chess tournament and was subsequently stripped of his title is suing the National Chess Association that rescinded his prize. Yan Chenglong celebrated his big win by getting drunk with his fellow competitors and ended up defecating in his hotel bathtub, unfortunate facts which were made public by the Chess Association in posts to social media, wherein they also claimed to have been unable to substantiate reports that Yan had cheated in tournament play, but had nonetheless, quote, damaged hotel property, violated public order and good behavior, and had a negative impact on on the tournament, end quote. Jan's lawsuit does not dispute the facts, but includes demands of an official apology, the reinstatement of his title and reputation, and about $14,000 in compensation for damages. 
In feces-related news slightly closer to home, a Florida man is seeking more than $100,000 in a lawsuit filed against coffee and donut purveyors Duncan. Paul Kerouac says he suffered injuries after an exploding toilet left him covered in human feces, urine, and debris. When he sought help from employees, still covered in feces, one worker apparently divulged that they were aware of an ongoing problem with that toilet, and that Kerouac's was not the first incident. Duncan did not respond to a request for comment made by the AP. On this day in history, January 5, 1933, construction began on the Golden Gate Bridge. The bright orange steel suspension bridge has a total length of just shy of 9,000 feet, including a center span of 4,200 feet between the two 746-feet-tall tower pylons. Construction was completed four and a half years later, in the spring of 1937, and the bridge is still considered among the most beautiful in the world. The bridge was in the news this week after a long-awaited suicide prevention net was completed. The Golden Gate Bridge has historically been one of the most frequently used suicide locations in the world, perhaps second only to the Nanjing-Yangtze River Bridge in China. The netting is made of stainless steel wire rope and was installed 20 feet below the deck of the bridge, out of sight of passing motorists, a design intended to deter potential jumpers while not compromising the impressive view of the surrounding bay. A leap into the netting will be painful, but not fatal, and its installation appears to already be having the intended effect, as jumps were down by more than half in 2023. The project cost at least $224 million, and the lead contractors on the construction have claimed in court that total costs are closer to $400 million. Critics say such efforts are a waste of money, claiming that a determined person will find a way to end their life with or without the bridge as an option. A brief editorial aside, those critics are jerks, and the money spent on the netting is a testament to all that is great about human beings, as surely as the bridge itself is a monument to the staggering human capacity for engineering, cooperation, and society. Go look at some bridges. They're great. Now, here's a look at the weather. The weather has been promising me a nice three inches of snow all week, supposed to begin on Saturday morning and continue through much of the day. The forecast has now, at the last moment, shifted to an inch of freezing rain, quite possibly the worst sort of precipitation, this side of acid or large balls of ice. On the bright side, hundreds of thousands of years of human ingenuity have conspired to deliver to me, an incapable idiot riding the wave of time to its furthest yet observed destination, shelter and heat and endless entertainment and the ability to store an obscene bounty of food, a circumstance I wouldn't have been able to arrange on my own in a dozen lifetimes, so that I don't have to worry about the awful weather tomorrow hardly at all. If I even open the door tomorrow, it will just be to hurry the dog outside and back in while bundled in weatherproof clothing that I'll probably be too hot in. And at some point, I'll no doubt look at Twitter 
and I will see hundreds and thousands and millions of people in circumstances at least as lavish and opulent and unspeakably luxurious and fortunate as my own, and they will be insisting that everything is terrible and unpleasant and that we are coming apart at the seams, the whole thing in danger of collapse and calamity, a certain cataclysm to come just as soon as we stop fretting about it, no doubt, just the whole edifice of the world held up on each of our hunched shoulders, peering into the glass and aluminum abyss from inside our warm, glowing sanctuaries. But not me. Not this weekend, anyway. This weekend I will stay dry and watch football and make pizza and revel in the triumph of all that humans have conspired to create and lay at the feet of such an undeserving dope as myself. The occasional exploding toilet notwithstanding, we're doing all right, I think. That's the weather from here. How's it look out your window? The Morning Press is a production of the BrainIron.com multinational media empire. Please direct comments and complaints to BrainIronPodcast at gmail.com or visit the website at BrainIron.com. For a transcript of today's episode and links to the stories referenced, find The Morning Press at brainiron.substack.com, where, if you would like to support this and other endeavors of the brainiron.com media empire, you can also become a paying subscriber. And if you are not too ashamed to be publicly known as a listener of this content, please do share it with someone you think might also enjoy it. Thanks, and... Barring the sudden onset of the inevitable, we'll talk to you next week. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.